What a sci-fi Saturday night. Oh, that's right. I, uh, listen, and this is good. Thank you for having me on. This is Adam West and AdamWest.com. Don't forget that. AdamWest.com, we have so many goodies for you. I know! We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. And speaking of all messed up, it's TalkCast 143 here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, deep in Area 51 at sub-level 451. I am the Dome. And uh, it's going to be one of those nights. I'm telling you now. It's just going to be one of those nights. Adam West, if you're listening, we promised you if you did the opener for us, we'd let you plug your your website every single time. We have not reneged. We want you back. Just saying. <laughs> Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects in the Revered Time Vortex, violent soundboard vixen herself, Queen of Arrows, Kriana. Who are you calling violent? Uh, nobody. <laughs> and from the stacks of her personal silent zone in the Dank Dungeon reading room, it's the evil Zombrarian herself. I'm not evil. Let me tell you, last week I wasn't on the show because I was hanging out with 40... 13-year-old girls, and 13-year-old girls are evil. Yeah, and your evil oh, twin came back. Ouch. No. <laughs> Pretty sure yes. Right. See, I was saying oh. something funny, and then you just ruined it. I'm good for that. Moving <laughs> on! In Manchester, New Hampshire, a young lad in his Crayolas, it's Illustrator X. Tales it is. Tonight, Harvey Dent sleeps with men. <laughs> <laughs> you two face and his lovely ingenue the sweetest non-living shuffling spouse around the dead redhead i'm reading 50 shades of Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're in such trouble and we haven't even got to <laughs> our guest tonight got lost we had them we've lost her I'm working on it. Uh, she's not back on yet. She must have had some connectivity issues. I can say that and sound smart. No one else knows what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. 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 She's Jan Scott Fraser. She's an interesting, interesting lady who's been around the anime world for an awful long time. And the word tonight is Darkwing Duck. <laughs> so quite literally, the bird is the word. There we go. Quack. We just quack it. <laughs> and so I'll, anyhow, I'll let you know when quack. she's back. Okay. So anyhow, it's been an interesting week. Uh, 
on the interwebs here, the tubes have been abuzz with uh, stories of the new Batman movie. People hailing it, people hailing it, people yelling, uh, people screaming. Uh, it reminds me of the scene from Young Frankenstein. Where <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They storm the castle because somebody doesn't particularly care for the cut of someone's jib. It's, you know what, fanboys, get over it. It's a freaking movie. Let's just start there. I really want to say that I think that we we shot our load at the beginning of the season. Uh, the After the Avengers, there really is no point to go seeing a superhero movie. I haven't <laughs> bothered with Spider-Man, <laughs> Batman. I'm like, you know, it's sad when your parents start dropping you hints like, wouldn't it be nice if you brought me to the, your Batman movie that, that, of course, I would only go because you like? <laughs> yeah, but it was shot in Pittsburgh, the center of the universe. Don't say it's it. True. Don't any of you say it. Or you'll feel my wrath. <laughs> and it has Christian Bale in it. Everyone's favorite newsie. <laughs> yeah. Except he wasn't my favorite newsie, but we'll get over that. I, I just want to hand him a lozenge in these movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm Batman. Look, let, let's face a couple That's of realities so about this, this latest reincarnation of Batman. This trilogy has probably done a lot to reboot the franchise, uh, which, you know, had went down some really, really ugly avenues prior to Christian yeah. Bale. Uh, it, it had some good things about So far, it's had some good things. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, the Heath Ledger saga was incredible. There's no there's no doubt about that. But God's sake, guys, it's a freaking movie. Could you not get your panties in a twist and let's move on? But that's not what uh, Rush Limbaugh said. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Rush yeah. Limbaugh said that apparently the character was named Bane because the Democrats were obviously, uh, D.C. is obviously Democratic and they're going after uh, Mitt Romney there. And it's like, does he realize how long the character has been in existence? Well, yeah, what had to happen is somebody got into the DeLorean, <laughs> took it to 88 miles per hour, went back in time 35 years, and got into Gil Kane's head and said, all right, now in five or 10 years, I want you to do this character because it'll piss Rush Limbaugh off. <laughs> So you know what? Uh, you know, the world the world is full of idiots. Uh, I I won't confess that I'm not one of them from time to time, but you know, this is just too silly for words. This, you know this is jackassery. <laughs> this is unbridled jackassery in all of its glory and magnificence. But you know what? I I just want to spin off and say, um, in Batman news. Uh, Tracy Hickman's novel Wayne of Gotham is uh, out now. Uh, He's been on a couple times to promote the book, and from checking his Facebook posts, he had a great time. He did very well at uh, San Diego pushing the book, and I really hope that uh, he does well with this. So, Tracy, if you're listening tonight, uh, come on back on. Let's talk about San Diego. Let's talk about Wayne of Gotham now that, uh, now that it's out. And uh, let's do some stuff because you know we're all big fans of you, yeah. big fans of the book as well. 
Really, all we have to do is email Tracy to get him to come back on. He loves us. He loves the crap out of us. (laughs) And we kind of like him a lot, too. Just just let's name drop him a little bit more, Tracy. Hey, you know, see see SciFiSaturdayNight.com for awesome discounts on Tracy's writing classes. Yes, absolutely. Which are still available and are incredibly cool. They're really awesome. You know, and that kind of reminds me... uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to pass on that, and then we're moving on. One of the things that uh, at San Diego Comic Con, that aside from every geek cosplayer in the universe and everybody doing just incredibly dumb stuff, there was a almost a a little event called the Magic of Frankenstein. Con. I mean, what? The magic of Frankenweenie. Hey, when I save up enough, I'm going to attend PaceyCon every year for the rest of my life. Sorry. What were we talking about, Frankenweenies? <laughs> there was an exhibition hall. And <laughs> off an exhibition had, hall for Frank. Sorry. For Frankenweenie that had the actual sets of the film and all, uh, a ton of the models. And there are some great pictures of it. I'm going to put a link to it. Because the the it just is looks incredible. I mean, it's amazing. Tim Burton when he does stop animation, stop motion animation, and does it well, is just is his work is breathtaking. And uh, this stuff look, just looks so beautiful. And it was kind of like a behind the scenes look because you get got to see the sets and you got to see you know, from all the different angles and, and the the 17 different facial puppets involved mm. in making a single movement. Just incredibly beautiful stuff. And and, that, and no that's one all. really cares. I'm actually busy looking at it right now. <laughs> I would want to see that because I links. remember it. I remember it when it um, first came out, when you could get it only on the VHS copy of Nightmare Before Christmas. And it was really cool. Right. And, you know, I'm sure that it was better than Dark Shadows. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what's in one of these pictures? I can see it. Dark Shadows? No, there's <laughs> knitting needles in a... There's knitting needles and yarn in a basket. Squeeze. Yes, there is. In one of these pictures. Now I'm super... You do bring even more excited. So anyhow, I'm going to post a link to it on the website. Uh, take a look at it if you want, because uh, for me as a fan of stop motion animation, as, as a fan of Tim Burton, and frankly as a fan of uh, Frankenweenie as, as to what, it's, you know, what it was and now in its latest incarnation, I find this just immensely fascinating. But you know what? Thanks for pontificating the game. Hey, you know what? That's my freaking job. <laughs> if I don't do it, who the hell on the internet is going to? Well, virtually everyone. But that's Pretty much. <laughs> so what else is going on this week? Um, There's some stuff about other things. No way. Yes. Yeah, like they might make a third Hobbit movie. Oh, what? Well. Because, yeah. you know, two from the shortest book in the series, 
isn't well, enough. Well, okay, look, look, look. <laughs> they use the term The Hobbit movie loosely because what they're going to do is take all this extra footage that they have from shooting the two movies that they're making The Hobbit into, and they have all the material from the appendices, which sort of some of it expands on some of these ideas, and they're, they're going to see maybe if the studio will allow them to do a couple extra weeks of shooting, a couple extra weeks of shooting to make this third movie. I think they'd be morons to say no to this. They will make money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true. It's mostly yeah. done already. They have a lot of footage that isn't going to be used anywhere else. And they were like, well, we almost have enough for a third movie. Just we need a couple more weeks. Wow. Even if it's straight to DVD, it'll make money. The Hobbit 3. They don't do anything Lynch. straight to DVD anymore, do they? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, How many Land Before do. Time movies were there? <laughs> well, right, but when was the last one I of those made? I they're on number 12 now. Oh, I'm for so Christ's serious. sake. Oh, you, know, you know, the howling 24 movie dogs unite. I'm sure they'll have something. <laughs> Believe me. Hey, X, I saw something that you've got uh, in there about a Cosars bug infects the unwashed masses at SDCC. What the hell oh, is that? That was... <laughs> I'm surprised you picked that one. Well, no, and, and I'll tell you that, why I picked that, it in a second. There was, a, there was like all the uh, the post-San Diego articles that come out every year are trickling down going, oh my God, geeks had a good time. It was like, And one of them was that a bunch of the celebrities were talking about how they were getting colds or the flu and they're like yeah it's the consars as will wheaton put it where basically you stay in a building with a quarter million unwashed heathen for two or three days you are going to get sick from something <laughs> and they're and hollywood is now noticing because it's like hey 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 we've got people you know we've got money invested in these people go take a shower <laughs> well no. Do not diss the bouffant. Yeah, no kidding, huh? It's his motherfucking bouffant. You better bow down to it. There's I a reason like, why what? they say smells like Sunday. <laughs> I'll bet yeah, there is. Actual that and my friend saying, you know what? These people don't shower very often. It's... Nope. And they're my right. My friend Bruce puts this a really good way. He'll be when he was in a crowded uh, elevator with a bunch of people that were very smelly. He said he got hit by the brown hammer. Oh, Jan's oh. back. <laughs> yes, I am. I am back. My apologies. Sorry, I, I said I would say something and I forgot. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Dome introductions, please. Our guest tonight is <laughs> Scott Fraser. Jan, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. And we're going to be talking about your world in anime, your uh, experiences in anime. And somebody, and I'm not saying who, but somebody on the cast wants to talk about Darkwing Duck. Oh, okay. I, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, X, the, the reason I, I wanted to talk about the Kosars bug is... Consars. Uh, Consars. Consars. You're missing letters again. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the whole... I got hit in the head way too many times. Anyhow, uh, Mike Doherty, our, our buddy, uh, <laughs> his, his, kicks, his Kickstarter, first Kickstarter uh, attempt to secure money for Zcon uh, didn't work. Ah. He fell short. And he immediately restarted. 
uh, with a, a smaller amount, and I've put in a link to their pre-production fundraiser, and they are looking for $25,000. They are within $5,000 of it now with 23 days to go. Okay. So they Good might. Them. Yeah. Um, Mr. Doherty, we're going to have you on again real soon to talk about doing it in increments. Right now, he's got 117 backers on his Kickstarter project. Uh, and he's doing phenomenally well. I'm really happy that uh, he wasn't dissuaded by the way the first uh, Kickstarter attempt went. And uh, I am personally. Looking forward to ZCon as opposed to San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> can I can I admit something horrible? Sure. Um, I forgot to back the first one. And thus yeah. the project failed. I know, I know, it was really. So all now my you have fault. a chance. I, I already did. Yeah. I was on Kickstarter. I I saw some really neat projects that they're still going on. It was the better i iPad. Um, um, smart cover stand thing. There are little right. clips that go on your, your iPad yeah, smart cover. Kind of cool, it was really cool. It? Really, really cool. Check it out. And the other project that I really liked was the Nifty Mini Drive. Check it out. They're really cool. Guys, if you want to send us some of those, like, feel free. But I, I already <laughs> backed you, so I'm getting one anyway. Um, <laughs> and and um, I was like, oh, right! Zcon restarted again! So I went right over. I pledged my dollars and... <laughs> 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 no, they have some really good reward tiers, and now they just come out saying like they're gonna have badges that they're gonna mail you. So depending on how much you spend, you you get cooler badges. You get a one day pass, or a two day pass, or a or a like a vendor pass, or a VIP pass if you donate a lot of money. Podcast pass. Podcast. Yeah, I didn't podcast. see a podcast pass, Mike. Mike. What the hell? What the crap, Mike? That one is exclusively oh. for us. Yeah, I think it That's should be, right. Mike. Get on that. Get on that. Mike. Also, Andrew, watch the notebook again. Think of us. <laughs> Every time we hear something about the notebook, we're like, Andrew! Well, we actually have a copy here that would just have your name in bold, in big bold print on it. And of the notebook? In area, absolutely, in Area 51. I can write it for him. So whenever he comes to visit, we can pop it in the DVD player for him. Now, speaking of uh, Joss Whedon-related projects. Is there a Joss Whedon-related project that we're talking about? Oh, oh yeah, there is. Holy crap! Oh, yes, yes. there is a movie, a four-and-a-half-minute cinematic masterpiece that was just released with starring Joss Whedon as an actor. It says, Introducing Joss Whedon. Introducing Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. And it was done by a five-year-old. <laughs> yes. Written five by a five-year-old. Five-year-old five told the story, and it was acted out by Joss Whedon, and it was produced by Felicia Day. It was called cool. Monster Smash. Yes. <laughs> and it's very adorable, actually. If you haven't seen this, oh, my God. You can see Joss Whedon squat. He's part of the squat team. Not the squat. <laughs> not the squat team. The squat team. So, for all of you Firefly fans who are like, you know, what this what would get a second season if Joss Whedon came out and squatted? Yeah, totally. This totally. is it. I feel like we're saying mean things without meaning to say mean things right now. I think we kind of mean to. 
I don't think <laughs> no, so. No, it's really cute, though. The beginning is like... It's an adorable I, little movie. I'll, I'll put up the spoiler alert. There's a Milkman, and he drops a bottle of his milk, and it goes... Well, now I, I don't know. need to see it, do I? I know. Oh. And it goes <laughs> uh, I did say spoiler right, alert. Right, I said you know spoiler alert. You know what? You're right. There's no use crying over spilled milk. Oh! All right, can I can I go off topic here for a minute? Just just a minute here. Uh, I I'm using these right now, and I I have words right now, and I feel the need to express myself. If, if anyone out there likes pens, anyone here like pens too? Are you going to talk about jetpacks? Why are we going off topic this time? No, 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 no. Well, 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 it's kind of a science you're, fact thing because these pens are amazing. About, you're talking about writing utensils? Yes. Okay, but but science fact. Okay, just for a minute. There is a type of pen out there. It comes from Japan. Surprise, surprise. And um, it has thermodynamic ink. What? Yes. Okay. So these pens are fucking erasable. You know what? I'm shutting you down now because you yourself put a moratorium on no more science facts. Okay, but this is actual science <laughs> fact, not pretendsy science fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, like, you know. I oh, my God. They this. invented invisibility cloaks, except when you read the article, they didn't. Those are not allowed. <laughs> this is allowed because I'm holding it in my hand and it works. Okay. Okay. You... What is thermodynamic ink? Okay, so you write on the page with this pen and then... You use this little silicone eraser that, that doesn't have any, like, shavings. There, there's no eraser shavings. It just creates some friction on the page, and the heat of the friction erases your pen ink markings. Mm-hmm. And it actually does a really, really good job. Now, there's an upside and a downside to this. The upside is if you erase something really important by accident, you can toss this in the freezer, and it'll start to come back, and you can see what you wrote. It's like <laughs> it's like invisible ink for grown-ups. The bad news is, if you leave it in a hot car, you're pretty much screwed. Wait. Oh, my God. I thought of a perfect application. What? Tattoos. You can exactly. you can get a tattoo, and then it's like, I didn't want to date her anyways, and you erase it. But then in the winter, <laughs> she comes back. <laughs> it sounds like a Stephen King movie, doesn't it? And you can even title it, In the Winter, She Comes Back. Exactly. So, so you can purchase these pens. They're 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 made by Pilot. They're called Frixion, F R I X I O N, and they make a whole bunch of different ones. Some of them are are retractable. Some of them have caps. Some of them are marker like. Some of them are made to look like colored pencils. They have a whole lines of these pens. You can purchase these at JetPens.com. I was not paid to say that. I just really like them. We're not getting okay. anything for this. Why are you doing that? I don't know. <laughs> so, I just really like them. So, ready for my awesome segue that I've been. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Jetpens? Jetpens? Jetpens.com. Yeah, Jetpens, this is your chance. You can now. Get an advertising uh, with us. Right. Exactly. Hey, Zombrian, you want to put a link in, in the page for that? And Yeah, maybe I'll think about it. Oh, come on. So, speaking of heat and friction. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> Um, I have not so big news and big news that both apply. So the not so big news is that Ron Moore, who was um, the driving force behind Battlestar Galactica, is finally shopping around his new TV series, which will be based on the Outlander series of books, which is basically time travel historical 
Scottish romance. And um, anyone who reads it learns a new word, which is cockstand. (laughs) New words. Um, So everyone is really excited for that because then we'll stop hearing about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, really. And the other big news in awesome book series and attractive young men is that um my memoirs aren't coming out yet yeah i know soon though but in the hunger games shades of bland sorry oh Oh, wait have you read it dome (laughs) have you read this which 50 shades of gray yes i have okay now i did not want to hear that answer things i don't need to know (laughs) Well, you asked, I told you. I didn't ask. Triana asked. I know. I would never ask. So, in The Hunger Games, the much-contested part of Finnick O'Dare has been officially cast. Da-da-da-da! Sam Claflin, who I'd never heard of, is going to be Finnick O'Dare, sex god of everything. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Does he and look like a sex guy? I have it? to say, I did a Google image search, and you know, I'm not upset. I was still really pulling for um, age regressed Alexander Skarsgård, but <laughs> I guess they don't have that technology. What I'm really happy about is that actual sex god of everything, Philip Seymour Hoffman, has. <laughs> I think we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> what are you Come saying? On. Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't sexy. Remember him in Boogie Nights? Don't you think he was hot in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you could just call him the boom mic guy. <laughs> hey, listen, oh, I, I got wow. So Philip Seymour Hoffman, huh? That's what you. That's what you're going to stand on. Yep, okay. I will. Him and Alan Rickman, there is no explaining it, but there's I'll, something there. I'll go with the Alan Rickman. It's the yeah, voice. I totally understand Alan Rickman. It's it's totally yeah. the voice with Alan Rickman. Also, just to fully disclose, I'm really gay, so maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got uh, what have I got? I got I got two things I want to talk about. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Sci-Fi Channel's Alpha's Returns this week. And uh, if you didn't see last season, I'm hoping that they're going to do a uh, what they normally do, which is a, a week of or, or a one or two nights of, here's all of last season. Because it was a really, really interesting show and a really well put together show. And they return on Monday. It looks to be more incredible, cool stuff, Sci-Fi Channel. When they they have the ability to do incredibly cool stuff, and they do it, and this is frankly one of them. The other one I'm really waiting on is Warehouse 13. Yay! I think we're all waiting for that one. But uh, they've got it. Wait, wait a minute. Let me get yeah. back to Alphys. Now, I haven't seen Alphys. Yeah. I did watch Heroes, and I gave up during the second season because... So everybody gave up during the, the second, second season. season. Why should I watch Alphas? 
Alphys well, has much tighter writing. Yeah, it's a bit smarter too. It I mean, is. This was fun, but Alphys is a bit smarter. It's it kind of stumbled just a little bit to get its legs in like the first couple episodes, but by the end of the season, it was actually pretty decent. And uh, the characterization really? is amazing. Yeah, the I am absolutely in love with every single character. Oh, and they're all very realistically flawed, which I enjoy. Summer I really Glau. liked Summer Glau's character in that one. That yeah, was Summer really cool. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Summer Glau's in it? Yeah, oh, my that. God. Oh, Where oh, have oh, you been? Oh, Under oh, a freaking rock? <laughs> Summer Glau has a guest spot, a recurring guest spot. Yeah, she's coming back. She's uh, coming she's back. Coming, she's coming back for, I think, two or three episodes. Also, C. Thomas Howell is coming. Uh, he's guest starring this season. Sean Aston and, of all people, Lauren Holly. Wait, Rudy's going to be in it? Yeah. Yes! The guitar player from Ben Albert? <laughs> uh, redhead, hit him. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Nice. Well done. Well played. So anyhow, that's happening on Monday. Uh, hopefully I'll have a post up in the next couple of days or so with a kind of sneak peek for it. Hours. But... Next couple of hours. Next couple of hours, hours, but it looks really, really good, guys. Uh, and you know, this is the time. This is the time of year when sci-fi brings out the guns. Siffy, we we still so have we, to call them Siffy. I mean, we love so them. Not but... when they do something nice. When they do something good and decent, they get to be. Well, sci-fi. I feel like that no one's gonna know who we're talking about if we say sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Science Network? Is that what they meant? Like, what's 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 going on here? If you say Siffy, it makes me think of syphilis, though. Well, oh, that, that's what it made us think of, too, which is why we have to ridicule them a little bit. How'd you get Siffy? Well, the Mansquito. Oh, snap. <laughs> yes. Well, that's how that happens. Uh, the other thing before we get to the poll is uh, a friend of ours, uh, Griffin, the artist of uh, the comic book Healed. We love and, you, Griffin. Yeah, we love you, man. Has a new project. The nerdy, sexy pinup calendar, <laughs> and I checked it out because these things kind of scare me from time to time. But oh, it's actually tosh. quite cool. It's a, oh my! It's a Kickstarter-like project, and it's very close to being funded. Uh, check it out. I'm going to put a link to it because Griffin's uh, an incredible uh, artist, and we like him a lot. And this looks like a really nice project. And having said that, it's time to move on to the Facebook poll for this week. The poll, who was the baddest, uh, as as Chef would say, sci-fi cop? Who's the baddest mofo sci-fi cop? Okay. And what did our Facebook poll tell us about it this week? Okay, well, our top three baddest mofos are actually pretty varied so it's kind of cool although the first number one you guys get to be predictable come on stop being so predictable but anyway number three coming in at number three is judge dread which is Yay. very cool i would hope he'd be on the list <laughs> yeah, yeah really and we're not talking about the movie no we're, no, not we're talking about the the 2080 version yeah that's right thank you thank you Jim. yes yes especially the brian boland issues yes oh. absolutely absolutely we are not talking about that horrible movie with Sylvester Stallone. Although we are curious about the one, you know. Yeah, and I'm curious. I'm not. Ex- I'm not thrilled with the trailer, but I'll give it a chance. Okay. No. Coming in at number two is yay! 
Rick Deckard from Blade Runner. Woo! Yep. A very, very <laughs> worthy number two, no question about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, he does get the crap kicked out of him in the movie. Um, yeah. I just yeah. want to point that out. Yeah, but they're by faster, stronger, taller, sweeter, nicer, prettier people, sort of More people. More human than human, dear. Well, that's exactly. True. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Number one of for course, our, our fans. And who, a landslide. And a landslide for our friends who do love their... their uh, Poles. Their poles that... No, what was I going to say? They like to go old school. Number one... Ba baddest mofo sci-fi cop is Robocop. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that I buy that one at all. Guys, I'm uh, impressed I'm at the right. Number four was a write-in. Who was the character? Number four was Matoko Kusanagi. Did I say oh, that? Oh, right. Makoto Kusanagi, yeah. Yeah, definitely. From Ghost in the Shell. From Ghost in the Shell. So and that got a lot to of those votes. People. Props mm -hmm. to the people who gave us somebody interesting and yeah, new. That's a good one. See, and I was waiting for Inspector Gadget, but... <laughs> didn't, didn't even get mentioned. Why didn't you write it in? Didn't even get mentioned. Because I Although, was at camp with no electricity. <laughs> Although, can I just throw out there one more time? Please, 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 pollsters, if we have the name up there correctly, don't add it a second time, because then you just split your votes. Okay? Mm -hmm. Just just a little... It's like, Rick Deckard? Oh, well, I'll put Rick Deckard. Like, <laughs> why? It's already there. Well, at least when they did that, no, they voted enthusiasm. for the Yes, we do appreciate the enthusiasm, but do check through the whole list before you vote. And don't forget, you can sponsor our weekly poll, That's folks. That's right. Uh, visit SciFiSaturdayNight.com to find out how. If you would like to have a special question that you would like to ask, we could be bought. <laughs> <laughs> we're that kind of date, people. <laughs> and we're pretty cheap, too. <laughs> At least yes, we're, we're definitely cheap. that kind of date. <laughs> which, brings us, which brings us to our guest. A higher quality of date altogether. <laughs> <laughs> our guest tonight, X met at Nauticon. So X, would you do the introduction, please? Absolutely. I was I uh, I wrote this in my write up of Nauticon that the highlight of Nauticon was getting to meet and uh, see the talk by anime industry legend Jan Scott Frazier. Jan, uh, I have to admit, before Nauticon, I'd never heard of you. Anime I like, but not my strong point. But I was absolutely riveted by your talk. You were fascinating and. God, you were e even able to drink down that mermaid pee they were giving away for oh, free I, I at know. that party. If you watched what I did, I cleverly gave that to PJ. You know, oh, I gave it to yeah. other people. So I would pour it into their drinks because I don't drink anymore. So I, what I do is I, I, they hand them to me and they're like, here, and I go and I pour them into other people's drinks, the similar drinks, of course, the same thing. Oh, well, but, yeah. well, I'm, then I'm I so ninja. <laughs> Man, then I... In fact, I... I think I made you drink that. <laughs> Well, I don't think I, no one was forcing drinks on me at that point. <laughs> I don't think you would have remembered in any case. Yeah, that's see, that's the, the whole thing, right? Well, thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you. Uh, but, Jan, I mean, you've been, um, for the last 20, 30 years, you've been uh, involved in just about every aspect of anime uh, design, production, background, cells, directing, uh, directing production. 
and some of my favorite, some very obscure things going all the way back to things that I loved, like Spiral Zone. Yeah. I was amazed that I was like, oh, my God, someone else remembers that, let alone worked on it. That was the first thing I, I interned at this studio for about six months. And that was what they were working on. Their name was Visual 80. And so I had no idea what it was, you know, because obviously it wasn't out. But, yeah, I just I helped them. I helped the director. And eventually I ended up like basically a director's assistant. I checked, you know, to make sure the mouth movements were right and, you know, animation bits and pieces, that kind of stuff. It was, uh, yeah, it was very, it was interesting. I, I, I expected when I moved to Japan that I'd be working on stuff for Japan, but hey, whatever, I'll take it all. <laughs> wow. Well, the thing that really got me, and, and I'm, I apologize if I'm asking you to repeat stories. No. Uh, <laughs> but, it's new to the listeners, actually. Exactly. You basically, you know, in your early 20s, you basically just decided to take the plunge and say, okay, I like anime. I want to work in this industry. I'm yep. going to Japan. And when I get there, maybe I'll learn the language. Well, I knew that I had to learn the language because everything there, of course, is in Japanese. And what happened was I was looking in the back of Animage magazine, which I have no idea if it still exists. But um, and in the back, there was the an ad for the uh, International Animation Institute, the Kokusai Animation Kenkyujo. And that had a little thing at the bottom that said, teach Japanese, which is necessary to the foreign student. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> so they had a language school that was attached. So I knew I was going to learn the language. But, uh, yeah, I had just kind of thought it up and did it. Right. Now, uh, and uh, this is a question I asked you at Nauticon. Um you you just basically decided to, you were going to move yourself into a foreign country by yourself, no contacts there whatsoever, really. I had two, and, sort of. But they oh, lived on the other. They lived very, very far away from me. So. <laughs> okay, but I mean, what was the thing that I've I've talked about this to other people? It's like, what was going through your mind as far as doubt? I mean, because to me. I I can't imagine just staring at the at like like the bedroom ceiling just being up all night going have I just made the biggest mistake of my life do is this something that I can really make a living at am I stuck in this foreign country and a way to get out of here I mean well, what was your go ahead I was just saying like what was your to be my able to say to yourself this is it I've got to make it this is the industry I want to be in obsessive passion, obsessive, uh, hyper-focused passion, which is, that's the way I do everything that I'm super successful at. Um, basically, I decided that I really wanted to do it. And, you know, I made, I managed to get over there into the animation school and the language school. And when I went there, um, the night I flew over, they lost my luggage. I had like 80 pounds of luggage and they lost it all, sent it to Korea and so I got there and I stayed in this hotel that night. And then the next night, I, or next day, I went out and I, they had to send me this thing for an apartment. And when I got to the apartment, they had no idea who I was. So there I was basically <laughs> homeless in Japan with no one who could speak English around me. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this wasn't the best decision. Well, I can think something up. And a, and a guy came down from who was moving out. And so I got his room and 
I do remember that night, though, because I had to stay in a ryokan, which is the kind of traditional Japanese inn of sorts, um, which is, you know, tatami mats and futons and the traditional bath and all that stuff. And I, you know, I went out to this little city where I was living right on the very edge of Tokyo. And, you know, in Japan, they have these um, they have these food cases where, they, like, you know, the food is plastic foods out there. So you can kind of guess what it is. I couldn't read it. So I pointed at a couple things and this guy gave me a couple fried things, you know, Fried is always safe. Because, <laughs> you know, if you can't find anything else, deep fried. that way. <laughs> so I took those things and a can of Coke, and I sat up on the bank of the river and where the kids were playing soccer down there. It was just like in an anime show. The trains going across, the sunset was beautiful. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell have I done to myself? <laughs> so, but then I went back to the real con, and I turned on the TV, and it was the end credits of the show City Hunter. Um, which a bunch of my friends loved. And then uh, Orange Road, Kimagure Orange Road came on after that. And we had wanted to see that show so desperately as American fans. I'm like, here it is on the air. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. And granted, there were nice. many, many times where I said, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But at that time, in order to get a, uh, oh God, it was a 5163, that was a, a cultural visa to Japan, like to study in school, study, you know, uh, flowering tea ceremonies and whatever, um, you had to have a ticket back to your homeland. So I went with a, with a round trip ticket, so I knew I could always go back. But when that changed and when I just lived in Japan and I would stay there for years at a time, it just, it became home, you know, like everything else. So, nice. yep. Nice. Now you've worked on, uh, well, <laughs> literally dozens and dozens of shows. Uh, I mean, I mean, everything from Darkwing Duck to, uh, I mean, like Ranma Half, Transformers, mm -hmm. Blood. Transformers I mean, Victory, yeah. yeah. Which I never oh, actually well, saw. <laughs> I'm How sure it was work? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's back up just a little bit there. Mm -hmm. How did that work? What? The, the, working on shows I never saw? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I saw the animation, uh, the, the sheets of drawings, and I saw the cells, but I never actually saw it completed. I never, it was, oh, when was that? It was, oh my gosh. It was about six years after I fin we finished, or the company I was with finished Spiral Zone, um, yeah. when, until I, I was in San Francisco, and I had to do this really long layover, and they put me in a hotel. I turned on the TV, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Spiral Zone, and it had music. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I, I didn't know what the music for this show was like. So, you know, <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces of these things. Like I worked on SWAT Cats, but I've never seen an episode of it. We worked on Darkwing Duck and I saw one episode of it, you know, so it's just. But when you're working, you're like, OK, next thing. OK, next thing. And you just sometimes they don't give you copies. I mean, if you don't do anything really important, like if I was doing cells or backgrounds or that kind of thing that wasn't important enough, as it were, they wouldn't give me a copy. So. So what, what's it like for you now when somebody says, God, I really loved Darkwing Duck, and, and in the back of your mind, it's like, I've not really seen much of it. It makes me happy it, uh, because over the years through diffusion, I've learned quite a bit about it. And I, you know, I'm really glad that people really loved it. And I'm glad that, you know, we did uh, backgrounds on the episode, like the, the Bizarro world, were they in like the reverse world one? Mm -hmm. That one was the one we did. Uh, that's the one I worked on those backgrounds. And, uh, 
you know, and I tell people that and they're like, oh, that's my favorite episode and stuff. And that makes me really happy. I mean, it, it was my job and my job was not necessarily to watch it or even necessarily like it or anything. But I we did a good job on it. And that makes me that that satisfies me. I, I, I find it kind of interesting that your work was so very defined and pinpoint that the the totality of the project never really was the end the end game for you you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. oh yeah because we were doing you know when you're doing especially when you're doing animation or cells you just it's like kind of like an infinite stack of drawings and you're trying to do the best that you can on everything but you know it's hard but as you when you're um up in the higher levels like you're a key animator or a director or producer you know or um uh, um, animation supervisor, something like that, you know, you have a much broader view of everything. So yeah, you know, when I got to be a director and a producer, it's actually kind of funny, I should bring this up. When I was an animator, after about a year of animating, I hated animation. I didn't want to see it unless it was perfect. Like we would go watch Studio Ghibli uh -huh. movies and Akira and that stuff, but I wouldn't want to watch TV. I didn't want, I didn't like the stuff I worked on. And that lasted a little while. But when I became a director and a producer, I, um, had very different mindset about it. I saw it with very different eyes again, and I really started to like it again. So, so there, there was a point where it, it started out as this obsessive desire mm -hmm. to just do it. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then once you were there and you were in that kind of tunnel vision type world, mm -hmm. It became kind of I've got to do just this, just this, just this, yes. and then. So, where does that that transformation begin? Where you began working as a key animator and a producer, and, and how did that happen? Actually, you? I um, I actually didn't go through up the. I I was I'm an okay animator. I mean, oh, I, I'm a pretty good one. I mean, I can check and stuff. So I never actually did a lot of key animation. I went up. There's another path. It's the cell painting path at that time. The color path with those uh, ink and paint, shiage, whatever you want to call it. So I was a. Uh, I did cell painting, and then I moved to the production department of this company, Artland, and then I did a whole bunch of other stuff. And then I went there when our cell painting chief. Well, she went insane and and freaked out and disappeared. And so they said, Jan, do this. So I'm like, okay. So I became the cell department chief for a while. And then I did that. And then we worked on computers and stuff like that. And eventually I got to the point where, you know, it's like everything else. If you know enough people, you start to be able to have more power and become a producer and director. And you, you prove what you've done. So, yeah, I came up the kind of the side, uh, over the side route around the actual animation drawing part. <laughs> Now, they actually, uh, from what I remember, you were actually got so good at this that they decided, like, okay, we're, we're shipping you down to China. <laughs> um, they would say, what would happen was um, companies in Japan would hire me to go and teach people, to open studios, basically. I would go, and normally they would have the people already hired, but I'd teach them how to do cell painting and about the trace machine and all the different Techni techniques and technology and then uh, I would do that with animation too with drawing um, and then later on it became backgrounds and then it was computers for a very long time um, until I left so yeah I mean I was I'm a really good teacher I, I like working with people evidently I'm decent with communicating and um, I just I really like it and that's a great passion of mine so yeah and they're like hey go and do this so I went to oh my gosh to China Vietnam 
Oh, geez, Thailand, Singapore, uh, Malaysia, uh, uh, Indonesia, uh, India, all over India, um, uh, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Mongolia. Uh, it must have been an incredible period of time wow. for you. It was. Oh, yeah. I have I have just over 200, uh, 200. I have just over 2 million air miles. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've flown 2 million miles. And boy, I can tell you some stories about flying. <laughs> Engines exploding mid-flight. Uh. Into, into, like, 10 people brawls on the plane. Oh, boy, I got it all. <laughs> hey, don't let us stop you. Tell us. Uh, wait, uh, Jim. Jen, I wanted to ask, before we mm -hmm. talk about planes, uh, <laughs> I just recently heard something, I forget what we were watching, I, mm -hmm. it might have been we were reading something about Black Butler or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, that there was some, I, I don't know if you would call it a politics, but there certainly was some professional kind of jealousies at times. Did you run into any of that kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, I was just kind of reminiscing about this about two days ago. There was a guy who I worked with, and I don't really want to say his name or anything. I, no, you know, okay. Honestly, I Googled him, and I, he hasn't been in animation for a while, but you know how it is. This guy was a computer manager guy, and he and I did some traveling together. And through this traveling, we really got to disliking each other strongly because we had very different ways of working with things. Um, he was very tiny, tiny little steps, very picky. And I'm, you know, very much vision. I'm all like, oh, where are the trees? Whatever, let's do it, you know. Um, so we were very different. And he, um, yeah, he worked against me and really did some very annoying things. And he was very jealous of because I was off doing other things that he kind of wanted to do. It's just, yeah, it's happened. Definitely. I've had, I mean, I haven't really been jealous of other people so much. I mean, sometimes when somebody gets, oh, that show is awesome, there's a little bit, but you know, it lasts just a couple hours. But yeah, no, I've had a few. I just remember the one we heard, it was like this, um, the artist got really upset because somebody else got some more attention than he did and he like dropped out of animation for something like 20 years really? before really? he came back and it was like, wow. What was this? Really? That's really unusual. Yeah. And they said when he came back, he was well, really sad. And it was like, It's wow. going to happen to you now because you've been on Sci-Fi Saturday night. So yeah, I'm just warning in advance. The jealousy is going to surround That's you now right. because you've been, you've been to the mountaintop. Yeah. Another 20 years. And if I have to leave now and come back in 20 years, I'll come back as a head in a jar like in Futurama, except on a Perfect. giant destructive robot body. So... <laughs> And I'll, and I'll have this big, bright LED sign on my chest that says, destroy the young. I think we've got a new slogan for the site. Sorry, Kriana. And I've been to, I've been to some smaller sci-fi cons you know that have really been kind of in places where there's not a lot of new blood it's kind of like that you know <laughs> well it's something i wanted to ask you about too i mean you you mm -hmm. haven't really been in in uh, the anime industry for like a good decade now but you're very strong on the con circuit yeah i still do there's still things i do i mean i still do a little bit of manga and anime translation um oh. and at cons uh, I do workshops. I do like art and creativity workshops, which I also do out there in the world as well. Um, and I do, I do all sorts of stuff. I mean, you saw my talk um, that 
I did. Um, I actually do that professionally sometimes. I, uh, I was, um, I was very happy. I, one of my stories was hosted on the Risk podcast, which is huge. Uh, Risk-show.com. <laughs> uh, it. That was a really a huge thing for me last year, and so now I have storytelling as a, you know, as a as a national thing, and I'm just trying to figure out what to do with that and cons and work all at the same time. So, yeah, you know, and so I I and I go I've been to over 200 cons, so and people seem to like me and want me back. Well, you're going to be nice. at a number of cons in the next couple of months. You're going to be mm -hmm. at Kitacon in Ontario, September 7th through the 9th, and at NicoCon uh, 15. Yes. In Virginia, November second and fourth. Is there anything else going on? Anything else you're um, going to be? I think Kitacon changed their dates into next month into August. Ah. Um, um, but let's see. I got. I have Nondescon here in Denver in uh, in uh, September, and I have uh, NacoCon, and then I have another con, SugoiCon, and I think it's going to be like November sixteenth that kind of that weekend there and that's in Cincinnati. Um so yeah I got those that's a lot coming up. I I don't know next year. I mean I have a number of kind of soft scheduled next year, but I never really know. Sometimes cons invite me two months ahead of time. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. What I mean which what type of cons do you prefer? Because I know you were just at the Denver con, which is huge. Oh, Denver and Comic Con, yeah. You know, and then there was again. There was not a con, which was not huge, intimate. <laughs> I loved that con. I loved not a con. In fact, I still have. I have. This is uh, when I got home about. To, I was in the next weekend after um, after not a con. I got in a really serious car accident. Ripped my skin up. Totaled my car. Almost totaled me. That. Just super disaster. Anyway, and so. I came home, and once I got all the airbag stuff out of my nose so I could breathe normally, um, I hadn't unpacked from Nauticon yet. And so I unpacked, and I have this, um, I have one of those, like, space bags that you, and I lay on it to squeeze out all the air so it'll fit in my baggage better. Well, I had one of those, and inside it, I had this little bag full of clean clothes that I hadn't used at the con. And in there, I had my Provincetown T-shirt that I bought on Friday that I was so happy to wear around town, which I never do. And I, I pulled <laughs> it out of this bag like three weeks later, and it smelled like, like Provincetown. I'm like, oh, my God. So I had my shirt in a Ziploc bag, and I would sit here at my desk and take little hits off of it every so often for like... <laughs> It was a pretty awesome show. I mean, I, was, I like. I mean, that was my last good weekend, so you know. <laughs> yeah, really? That's true, but I mean, you've been calling it Shangri-La, and I'm like, that's yeah, well, a good name. Town absolutely was Shangri-La for me. I had never experienced anything like there before, so yeah, I loved it. Loved I it. I know that they're going to be uh, moving it to September next year. Okay. Ooh, in season. Okay. Yeah, well, I know. Okay, cool. I'll I don't be... know. I, I, apparently, it's after Labor Day, so who knows? It could be on New Year's Day, on Christmas, on Thanksgiving. I'd go. <laughs> but yeah, I tend to like smaller shows. I mean, I really enjoyed going to Denver Comic Con because the bigger shows, I, my programming, uh, like especially that art and creativity workshop, I like doing that to as large as a group as possible, of course. 
Um, but my own, my storytelling, I like to be able to see the back of the room, if that makes sense. I don't like bright lights on me. I want to be able to see who's there to work off their energy and stuff. So I don't, I, you know, and honestly, as you said, I haven't really been, I haven't been involved in new shows in some time. So, you know, the kid, the kids are going to new kids are going, oh, you don't work on, you know, whatever's popular. I'm like, yeah, I don't, but you, you want to listen to this, you know? <laughs> so, right. um, smaller cons, I get to talk to everybody. Um, and get to meet more people. And by the end of the con, you know, I have more friends, you know, and that's, that makes me happy. But a huge con, like, you know, anything from, anything from 6,000 up starts to get tough for me. And, you know, I didn't, I haven't been to San Diego Comic-Con in years since, actually in about 10 years. And uh, it was getting ridiculous when I was, the, near the end of, I w when I was there, that was like 75,000 at that time, and it's so much more now, so... Well, you know, Jen, we could talk for another hour because yeah. it's it's just wonderful listening to you talk about uh, everything involved in, in animation and, and, and all your con work and all that. But we've got to go, and we're going to have you back Not at a some problem. point real soon. Well, and as, as things move towards your next con and, and you're going to be places, please let us know what's happening and let us know so that we can... Uh, we can uh, let people know where they can see you. Okay, I'd be happy to. So, X, tell us what's going on with Sci-Fi Saturday Night for the next couple of weeks, would you? Well, uh, next week we're going to be talking to artist Rihanna McCullough on zombie musicals and the McCullough Effect. And then on August 4th, we go ape over Banana Tales creator Mark McKenna. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of ComicArtHouse.com and GraniteCon as well. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Want to sponsor an episode? Visit SciFiSaturdayNight.com to learn how. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome. I want to thank our guest tonight, Jen Scott Frazier. It's been an interesting and really informative half hour, and, and uh, gosh, we could go for another hour. But Ed, you're welcome back at any time. Thanks. I want to thank our cast tonight from the Revere Time Vortex, Sweetheart of the Sound, Work, Rihanna, and Grammar Girls Librarian. Thank you, ladies. I don't know how that broke. Okay. okay. <laughs> From the four color ball, it's <laughs> great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Red Hat. Good night, all. Lesson, share joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. I know.